Hey everybody, welcome to the Technic Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, what's your uh what's your tolerance for risk? My risk tolerance. Yeah. Ooh, nice question. I don't know. It depends on if we're talking money or if we're talking <laughs> me going on a roller coaster. I, you know, generally a little bit conservative, I guess, and I don't do roller coasters anymore. So I am. So you sound <laughs> risk averse, is what you're trying to tell me here. Like to the a, roller coaster thing, degree. I thought you'd be like, I'm fine with but roller there's coasters. There's other areas but... that I no, I don't mind risk at all. Yeah, so okay. you know, all right. like I take chances when I drum, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, yeah. It depends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in our channel, you know, sometimes some of our VARs and ISVs, they might feel a little bit of risk uh, around certain you know, types of technologies, certain yes. industries, certain yeah. things that they're not sure they want to play in just yet. It's hard to break that inertia sometimes, yeah, right? Exactly. They just get comfy in their zone. They do, yeah. yeah. And I and I know that particularly seems to happen on emerging technologies mm-hmm. when we talk mm-hmm. about things like AI and robotics yes. and yes. cybersecurity, yes. computer vision, all this kind of stuff. Oh, you're scaring me already. People, yeah. for some reason, think, <laughs> sounds futuristic still it's like no you realize no, it, it, we've yeah. been doing this stuff for like a decade right? plus already yeah. so it's yeah, not yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not really new right. but it's time for you to get on board with it so <laughs> uh, that's gonna be our topic today we're gonna talk a little bit about removing the risk around emerging technology i like it mm. uh, we've got justin christensen from intel joining us yep. today to talk more about this particular subject uh, we're going to talk about you know why there are that versions out there and maybe mm-hmm. like how Intel approaches you know has with the attitude they have towards got it uh, you know the the riskiness that might potentially be there with emerging technologies. Nice. Uh, we're going to get into AI and cybersecurity in particular because mm-hmm. they're pretty much hot topics and how mm-hmm. they're addressing those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll spend a little bit of time talking more about AI as far as like the arms race that's built around it. And uh, what are people concerned about with yes. it when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, adapting and adopting AI mm-hmm, into their solutions. Mm-hmm. So. It is a bit of an arms race it is. in the Wild West, I would call yes, it right now. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah, talked yeah. about this. We've had all these episodes about AI. We yep. keep talking about the fact yep. that like every single company out there is trying to figure out how AI Everybody's fits trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. Good. So all that plus our usual value to the VAR. What's tech connecting with us? It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. mentioned, our guest today is Justin Christensen. He is the GM of software and ecosystem sales, particularly with Network and Edge for Intel. Now, nice. that was that's kind of a mouthful there, uh, <laughs> and it tells me that you, you have a lot on your plate probably. But Justin, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about what that means and what your day-to-day life is like at Intel. Yeah, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here uh, and, and about our partnership. Yeah, so uh, in terms of what the team's focused on, uh, we've, we've got a group at Intel called Network and Edge. Uh, we're really focused on kind of more operational technology type deployments as well as what's happening in the network. And then my team's focused on the software ecosystem. How do we enable third-party software partners to optimize their applications uh, with Intel technology? How do we then help them commercially scale uh, those solutions uh, or those, those systems and market? And how do we help them drive preference with end users so that we're, we're solving end user problems and, and helping them drive outcomes uh, with the collective technology uh, that we provide as well as our ecosystem partners. 
I like it. Very good. Like I said, he's got a lot on his plate. That's <laughs> <laughs> he's a busy guy. He's dealing with software vendors, so they're you know, and they're coming out of the woodwork, right? And, so, and yeah. as we established many times over, they are very much a big part of the future of our channel. Oh and yes, these partnerships that you need to have in oh. order to move forward. And, Absolutely, and to take on these emerging technologies. Yes. So, yes. So so let's get into it then. Let's talk yeah. about this idea. So you know, the whole emerging technology. It's mm. kind of a, a bit of a nebulous term. You can put some heavy quotes around that if you want to. Yeah. Uh, and and I and like I mentioned, there's a lot of our they may shy away from this stuff. They may have a kind of like, I'll I'll do this when it's proven. Yeah, right. Let someone else take the risk. I'll jump on board when it's proven later, which I never think is a, the smartest idea. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, if you're risk averse, right. I yeah, understand yeah, 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 it, yeah. but it's not necessarily the smartest approach That's to right. it. That's uh, But Intel, you guys take a very practical approach to these kind of technologies and how they actually impact you know, the, the real people, the businesses, the end users that we're trying to go out there and sell these solutions to. So do you have, you know, a favorite story or two about how companies transform the experiences using Intel enabled technology? To be honest, I have a lot. Um, I think the, the breadth and diversity of solutions that can be created out of, out of the technology that we provide, as well as the technology that our partners develop um, is incredible. And, you know, I, I think I, I tend to lean toward the uh, the outcomes that help save lives is being kind of my favorite. Um, even if, if we play a very small role in that solution, there's still a, a special feeling you get when you know that you contributed um, to a solution. And an example I would give is with uh, GE Healthcare and their critical care suite. They asked hospital staff what they wanted AI to help them do. Um, and they said, you know, we want to help with critical uh, findings so that we can better treat our patients. And specifically, what are some of the things that are not common, uh, but they're conditions that can lead to life-threatening consequences if, if they're overlooked? And uh, they focus on x-rays, which account for about half of all medical imaging. And they worked with Intel's OpenVINO tool. OpenVINO is amazing. It enables you to kind of write once, deploy uh, your application across Intel's uh, product portfolio uh, with optimized AI performance. And with GE, some of their models were able to get up to a 3x performance. And that, you know, just the ability to help identify things sooner, uh, help save patient lives, those types of, um, of, of outcomes are, are some of my favorite. Uh, kind of more in the, in the day-to-day uh, kind of activities that, that we deal with, um, I think business outcomes are always fun for me. I have a finance background, so being able to solve problems with, with profitability um, are kind of top of mind. If you listen to a lot of the uh, quarterly earnings results coming out of some of our, our large retail customers, you'll hear a lot about loss prevention. And especially post-COVID, I think the combination of organized crime, uh, thing, things like um, you know, scan avoidance, um, these, are, these are really impacting profitability for retail partners. And we work with third-party ISVs, I think Epic.io, the work that, that Ken Mills and team are doing is amazing, uh, providing retailers with solutions that allow them to help drive this profitability. And, and it results in not only a better business outcome for the retailer, uh, but lower prices for all of us as we shop. And then finally, I'm a huge sports fan. You probably see some of the sports memorabilia behind me. Uh, we work with a partner, Wait Time, that does crowd analytics. Um, you know, I, I think Zach missed a, a beer at a hockey game or missed a goal at a hockey game while getting a beer. I've, I've shared that experience. Um, so anything that allows me to watch more of the sporting events I'm out, I'm a huge fan of. So uh, really, like I said, a, a broad range of things that our partners are doing to enable outcomes. And uh, we're excited to, to be a part of every single one of them. 
So a little bit more on the transformation, if you will, and the partnership that between Blue Star and Intel that we are so excited about. Justin's just rattled off a couple of them, like uh, wait time. You know, we have always talked about, John, about, you know, the need for the VAR 3.0. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, we mm-hmm. talked about it at VARTech last year, right? Oh, you yeah. were the voice of VAR 3.0, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Well, we were but, 2.0 at the time. That's right. But, yeah, you know, it's, on it's, three. A, it's a partner-assisted universe that we live within, right? And so right. in order to enable that partner-assisted universe, you need to have vetted partners along the way. Yep. We have our Tech Connect program. Justin just described what they do on the ISV side uh, and enabling uh, you know, their partners for commercial scalability, uh, driving preference with their solutions and driving outcomes. It is a perfect match of, w- of what we do. So when you talk about companies like WaitTime, who has a wonderful machine vision uh, solution that can enable facilities to better utilize their facilities and cut down on wait time and things of that nature, these are very niche AI type of applications Mm -hmm. that as we look at our reseller base, we're like, hey, you know, obviously resellers need to be more than that one trick pony. They need to be able to step out of of some of their core offerings and offer up some of these other vetted solutions. We've we've developed things with uh, with with Intel, uh, with other companies like Pather AI. Pather does a great job of doing analytics uh, in the retail store, mm-hmm. heat mapping, uh, starting to get into the intelligence of detecting whether or not there's theft uh, going on or odd behavior, those types of things. Again, these are solutions that are just slightly off the core of what our typical OT reseller is right. going after. MeldCX is another one that, we've, that we're developing relationships, and they have great analytical tools that are uh, kind of behind the house that can help with inventory and, and how as, as it relates to e-commerce and the overall uh, totality of, of the user experience. So anyway, there's a lot of good stuff there, but it comes through this ecosystem of vetted partners. And when you tap into what Intel can bring on the compute side and the engineering side, it's a win-win. Yeah. And, and that's really kind of what we're building. So so to Justin's point, there are so many good stories, right? And there's so many good stories that we've, we've well, just in our relationship alone over the last couple of years, we've developed. But, of course, Intel goes way, way back yeah. in their ability to have wonderful stories along yeah, this line. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And those those companies you just mentioned, Wait Time, Panther, yep. MeltyX, we've had all of them on the podcast. We have. They've all They're told great those people. stories. Yeah. And I think, you know, Zach's in particular is one, that, and this GE story, too, is, is similar to that also, mm. where... You know, I, I know most of our VARs, ISVs, our partners that we work with, solution integrators, whatever it is you do, they're people that like to solve problems. That's right. They're people that someone can hopefully trust to go to and say, hey, I've got an issue. I've got a problem that needs to be solved. That's right. And you step up and figure out how to solve it mm-hmm. based on, you know, whatever hardware, software you sell, the partnerships you have. That's what everybody wants to do in this channel. That's what we, what we like to do. It's what we feel good about when you get to go out there and solve a problem. Yeah. Well, these kind of solutions and this kind of stuff we're talking about here is solving problems that maybe a lot of people may have thought were unsolvable Mm -hmm. or just kind of an accepted fact. You know, the wait time, I think, is a great example of that. A man who just said to himself, look, I'm tired of I'm tired of missing a key action in a sporting event because because I decided to go get a beer. Right. You know, or (laughs) or I decided to, you know, go to the bathroom or something, you know, and and I'm standing in line waiting and all this stuff happens. Very simple concept. One of those things that everybody's dealt with. We probably all just say to ourselves, well, that's just the way life is. It just Mm -hmm. happens. You know, Mm -hmm. you you get unlucky sometimes and you miss. But there's a better way. The key shot. But there there was a better way. And he found it and did that. And I think that's a big point of this. Especially when we talk about the the risk around emerging technologies, is hey, mm. when you develop these kind of partnerships and you're working with folks like Intel's working with and some of the software partners they're bringing into the fold and bringing into our channel to mm-hmm. work with our our partners, 
it's 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 helping you solve some of those unsolvable again heavy quotes here I'm putting here those yeah. unsolvable problems yeah. that really aren't if you just think about them the right way and have the right partner to help you get to those and who doesn't want to be able to do that I mean it doesn't mean doesn't mean you have to solve every problem but who doesn't from time to time want to be able to say like hey uh, someone approached me with this problem that no one else has been able to solve for them, and they've just kind of taken it for granted. Mm-hmm. I found a, a, we had a partner that we could actually reach out to and bring in and solve this problem for them. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of what what Intel's trying to, to help us accomplish here. Would you would you agree with that, Justin? I would. And and you you named a couple of our other close partners that that we work collectively together with, and and what George and the Pathor AI team are doing with spatial intelligence um, is going to enable a lot of new use cases too. So like we talk about the problems we know exist or the challenges we know exist and how we can resolve those like Zach standing in line at beer. <laughs> but there's there's actually a lot of things that, you know, we'll be able to improve that we haven't thought of. And and some of those are also really exciting. Um, and I love Meld CX too and the work that they're doing to actually uh, educate, you know, uh, children or younger people on how to build AI models, um, which is is kind of, uh, a tangent from their their core business, so it's it's just a really fun space to be in. It is. There's yeah. a lot of excitement around it for yeah, sure. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Well, let's let's get into. Uh, I'm going to make a statement here. It's a it's an understatement. <laughs> AI, cybersecurity, those are two pretty big hot topics. Again, we've talked about both a of them bit. on a lot of recent episodes here. So you know, let, let's get into that. And I know you're a little you know more in tune on the AI side of things, but what is what is Intel doing with those particular technologies that can help clients? You know, really and and our channel drive some success around those topics in particular? Yeah, well, I, I mean, AI is rapidly improving the ability for us to support business outcomes of all time or at all times or at the same time, sorry, uh, customers are demanding security and security threats and vulnerabilities uh, are, you know, kind of driving headlines with numerous companies getting publicity uh, for high profile breaches. And so we have a, a security center of excellence read by, led by uh, Rick Echeverria. And they're focused on how do we, like we've done with AI, focus on the outcome-based selling motion and, and focusing on ISVs in, in the ecosystem. Uh, they're focused on enabling the security ecosystem the same way. And we do that uh, from our technology stack. Within our products, we have security features like Intel Software Guard extensions, uh, Intel Trusted Execution Technology, Intel Advanced Encryption Standard New Instructions, uh, these types of technologies that are built into the hardware, uh, they act as accelerators for security features, and they enable outcomes like confidential computing, hardware-rooted chain of trust, um, and advanced threat detection. The other thing that I would add, uh, we also emphasize a transparent supply chain, which I think is critical when you're talking about delivering a trusted product uh, where people can leverage the, the features that are built into it. And there it is right there. I mean, if you're a software development company and you're developing, you know, right, you get lost in your little world of coding, mm-hmm. but you may not understand all the things that Intel can bring to bear to help that solution, help enable that solution, get it to market faster, more secure. So when we talk, you know, a lot of the solutions we were just talking about are all AI based, right? right. Uh, around that. And, and Justin, are you guys still going down the path? Because when we were at Vision, we were talking about is Intel Accelerated still going to be a thing or is that it it is. where? Okay, where software yeah. companies can can basically optimize their solution on Intel's core, correct? Is that is that basically what it's all about? Yeah, I, I think it's a, a couple things. So so one, we look at the value exchange we can provide to our ecosystem, and we tend to bucket those under technology enablement, which you hear us talk about all the time, and it's a huge focus, you know, for for a technology company like ours. But there's also uh, co-marketing and co-selling, and I think that accelerated by Intel does a couple things. One 
it allows our partners to leverage the Intel brand and that brand association when they're promoting their product. But we also go through a process uh, behind the scenes to make sure that that's something that's commercially repeatable. So it's also a way for us to to kind of put a stamp on it that says we've we've looked at this and we think that this is something that's not only driving the type of outcomes our customers want, but something that's commercially and technically repeatable. There you go. So if you are, again, if you're a software development company, to have the insignia of Intel, you know, mm-hmm, accelerated mm-hmm. by Intel as a part of the solution, that that has a certain amount of brand equity that you're bringing into it, number one. Number two, you're it's a vet, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of the vetting process. And so we're tapping into that from a Blue Star perspective, leveraging some of the, uh, you know, marketing initiatives we have around in-a-box solutions right. and stuff like that, where the whole idea here is to enable the partner so that they can mitigate the risk that is in the marketplace, right? And the anxiety that's out in the marketplace. Oh, okay, you're looking for a solution that can help with machine vision uh, to optimize your space. Got it. We've got this solution. It's vetted. uh, It's accelerated by Intel. There's even some funding to help us market the product, whatever it is. You can see the clear advantage here. And and that is how we as a channel are going to continue to build uh, these types of solutions and start influencing business outcomes with these types of solutions. So it's good stuff. Yeah, I agree. And you just mentioned, you know, we talk about in a box and like these other market ready solutions that we we work with Intel and their partners to build out all the time. Mm They're right there. That's where you're removing some of this risk. That's it. That's where you're getting to that 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 var that ISV that says I need to prove it. I need mm-hmm. a case study. I need mm-hmm. a. I need to know this is going to work before I invest in this and make this part of my tech stack. Well, there you go. We're, yeah. We've done it. Yeah. Someone someone did take that leap, and yep. we we built out a solution and we made it something that, you know that like Justin meant that it's you know, said that's is replicable. Something that we could easily. Mm-hmm quote box up yep. and and replicate as needed from case to case and situation mm-hmm. to situation maybe there's a little tweaks and stuff oh, sure. customs always, always, yeah, always are always are but you have at least a foundation and i think that's the thing right there where if you're someone who's that risk averse and you're thinking i don't know that i want to get involved mm-hmm. in this stuff mm-hmm. i'm just not sure i don't know enough about it i haven't seen it enough in action i don't know if it really works yeah we're trying to take a little bit of that guesswork out mm-hmm. for you and be able to say yeah we've done it we've we've done it enough times that we're able to kind of format it and say, hey, here's what a solution looks like. Let's take that, drop it in place, tweak it as need be, and we'll go from there. And there you go. Yep. So, yep. Uh, Justin, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, John. So you bring up a really important point because another thing we've been doing together, and I'll, I'll use uh, wait time as an example, is we're trying to help drive commercial repeatability of those solutions through the system integrator community. And one of the ways that we've done that is we take the, the third-party ISV application uh, we run it on standard available off-the-shelf hardware. So in the case of wait time, I think it was a Dell R750. Um, and we actually provide sizing guides so that system integrators know how to size the IT infrastructure for their customers. If you're going to run it at 30 frames per second or you're going to run it at 10 frames per second, that drives a different infrastructure investment for your customer. But it also serves as uh, you know kind of a validation for the end customer that that hardware and that software have been tested to run together. And I think it gives them more peace of mind that um, they can deploy that solution. I like it. Yeah, yeah good definitely. stuff. Uh, well, so let's dig, let's dig a little deeper on the AI side of things here then, because again, very top of mind mm-hmm. conversation everybody keeps <laughs> talking about. When you hear about AI in the news, and again, I, I mentioned early, early on that, you know, the um, the proliferation of companies that are trying to figure out how AI fits into their business, yes. whether it should or not, or even matters yeah. or not. Right. So, well, but, everybody's getting the email at this point. Oh, yeah. Saying, hey, exactly. Uh, ChatGPT can change your world right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or, hey, did you know we now have AI built into <laughs> this thing that you never knew that you needed AI for? 
Yeah. Uh, so, what, you know, when we hear about that and, and as the news starts picking it up and articles start coming out and talk about, you know, the, the, all the discussion keeps building around it, you kind of get this feeling it's it's almost an arms race of a sense of like who can get there first, who can mm, get there fastest, yeah, who, can, right? who can have the biggest, strongest, you know, yeah. AI capabilities out there on yeah. the market. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there was a recent McKinsey study, and I'll drop a link in the show notes to this to check out some of this because there's a lot there's a, a lot of deep dive, really good data in this study. But in particular, there's a lot of folks that mentioned that there's a lot of elements of AI, particularly the generative AI that we're all really fascinated with right now, mm-hmm. that's that they see as as risky. They think there's still some potential risk to their businesses on the end user side when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. So what do you advise that our integrators focus on when they're prepping their clients for how to prepare for this AI wave? Because whether they like it or not, it's going to happen. These technologies are coming. If we're not selling them to you, someone's going to be doing this stuff. It's going to be filtering into your business in some way. How do how do our folks and how does the channel prepare end users for this wave? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, there's an incredible amount of hype right now, I think for good reason, with generative AI. And today, these are extremely large language models that uh, you know power things like ChatGPT and BARD. They're running on entire data centers. And it's easy to forget that the wave that's pushing intelligence at the edge is still happening. Uh, by 2025, Forbes predicts that more than 75% of all enterprise data will be created and processed outside of the data center. And there's a few things that are driving this. So low latency requirements are at the top of the list, right? You need to get insights quickly, um, data sovereignty, uh, as well as regulations and, and privacy. And I think, you know, what where we're seeing a lot of our end or our ISVs that are focused on endpoints. Uh, are starting to ask for how do I build those large language models into something that's more local so that I can kind of fit within the regulations and drive some of that privacy because the the better uh, security comes when you don't move the data, you get lower cost, right? Um, and, and it's just a way for us to build out something that from edge to cloud uh, not only meets the needs and kind of drives some of those really incredible uh, efficiencies we're seeing. Um, with with the uh, the large language models and generative AI, but it also gives us an opportunity to shape kind of how we do this together. And I think that we should be talking to end customers to understand how we meet their needs. How do we meet their security needs? How do we meet their privacy needs? How do we fit within the regulatory environment, um, which is different in each region that our customers might be? Um, and then we can we can help build that solution together uh, with our ecosystem of partners. And that's the key right there, right? One of the one of the uh, keys to this whole thing working mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. AI if you will or whatever even edge the intelligent edge uh, is by having collaborative solutions that that address these these uh, issues I'll throw on the table you know we talk uh, in blue star a lot about the retail media networks that are being built out right now on the edge meaning these are digital signage that are place based in retail hospitality etc uh, huge opportunity because of the wave of advertising dollars that is moving out of an online environment to a place based environment mm-hmm. uh, just because the infrastructure that computes there now all that kind of good stuff and so when you put that and when you have that story uh, and, and try to put that uh, into place well what's the next step beyond that uh, you know at this part of the edge it's the analytics behind that and things of that nature so when we align and Blue Star is aligning with Intel on partners like Visibility, who now has a solution that can engage and give you analytics around the digital signage that is enabling that retail media network. You're having a much more holistic solution uh, that can really affect some of the business outcomes that happening 
at the store level. So a lot of stuff is happening on the intelligent edge. I agree with Justin. I mean, uh, and what did you throw out there? Was it 75% of enterprise data, managed data will be created or processed outside of the data center? That's huge, yeah. right? I mean, that's like a lot of the the, the number crunching is leaving the data center. It's right. leaving the cloud. You know, it's going out on the edge. So we need to be... But it makes uh, sense, aware, too. Oh, it needs of course to be it makes sense. I, I, absolutely. In fact, when you look at it, I, I came up with another statistic. Edge AI, so this is just AI that's happening on the edge, will reach 67 billion by 2030. That's a 21% CAGR that, you know, that is operating there. So there's just, there's a lot of opportunity, right, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. intelligence that's happening on the edge through AI. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be as explosive as what we saw with the, when the LLMs came out. Uh, you know, I, what was the stat there? It was incredible. In just six months, <laughs> uh, LLMs grew APIs. So using APIs to tap into GPT or BART or whatever grew at 1,310% in six months from November to May of this year. So, I mean, right, that's like incredible growth. Right, yeah. But but the point of the matter is, again, that you have a lot of stuff that's happening on the edge. A lot of it is AI driven. You're going to need the support of companies like Intel uh, and, and Blue Star hopefully to to enable that right yeah, and have yeah. these solutions these holistic solutions so yeah it's a lot yeah. of good stuff that's happening yeah i feel like you just gave like a greatest hits of uh episodes of the podcast here. oh i know right yeah. talking about all these technologies i should have had those numbers right I, I, like well the, i feel the, like i need to like numbers. build a uh, playlist yeah maybe i just maybe i'll that's build a great a idea separate drop it playlist. in the notes yes yeah, exactly yeah, 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 of yeah. like you know emerging technologies <laughs> partners that we've had discussions <laughs> with over the last couple of years. So, so especially if this is your, you know, if this is one of your first episodes or maybe you haven't listened to all those others and you want to yeah. hear more about all these partners we've talked about, we'll, you know, yeah. I'll drop a little playlist uh, for you to do that. You got to take there, Justin, on some of that or the intelligent. Well, first of all, I, I do encourage you to listen to all the partners talk about their, how they're helping customers solve problems because nobody can do it better than the partners that are, are engaged in doing that themselves. So encourage everyone to listen to those past episodes. I think you'll learn a lot. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, look, I, about a year ago, large language models at the edge uh, weren't probably on our, our radar, to be honest. They certainly weren't in our pipeline. And, you know, over the last 60 days, the number of ISVs that we're engaged with that are developing chatbot-like capabilities for the edge. And, and you just think like um, you talked about digital displays, Dean. I think that's changed the ordering process. Uh, I know I was, I was, uh, because of my kids, <laughs> they wanted to, to eat, uh, in uh, Portugal when we landed at 11 PM and McDonald's was like the only thing open. So we go to McDonald's, we get an order through, through a display technology, right? Which is actually quite simple when you're in a foreign country, it, it worked out quite nicely. Um, but the, the, uh, the ability to engage with it through touch is, is kind of how we've envisioned that now. But now we see people saying, how do I add chatbot capabilities? How can you interact with that display through voice and order? which is how we've more typically ordered in the past. And, you know, I don't know how, how broad those capabilities uh, will spread across kind of all the outcomes we're driving, but I suspect it'll be much larger than any of us could imagine. No, I think you're dead on. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly how it's going to manifest itself in, in the marketplace. Uh, when you partner up with great partners like Elo, for example, on the touch side, which I know Intel is, uh, uh, you know, having uh, relations with them as well. Uh, there's just there's good stuff that comes out of it, but it's it, it being enabled on the edge through the compute that can happen. Uh, yes, an interactive touch kiosk, of course, it's going to have those types of assistance and stuff like that built into it. I'm excited about those types of things in the future where it's going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Ultimately, exactly. we're just we're just asking everybody to start thinking a little bit bigger. There you go. Where you normally That's think. Right. You know? That's right. That's right. 
and 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 know that you have some partners, you know, us, Intel, all of our various partners, the ecosystem we're building here in the channel. Mm-hmm. You, you've got some people you can tap into if you want to start thinking a little bit bigger and expanding your tech stack, as you always like to call mm-hmm. it, and introducing some new potential solutions, solving some of those unsolvable problems. We're happy to help you get there. I'll make one last uh, note here. Remember the Blue Star Nation survey we did on AI? Yep, That's yep. another good resource. Uh, you know, back then, and that was just like a lot of shows ago or something. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Like 33% said they're using AI in their business today. However, of those not using it, 47% uh, thought that they would within the next five years. Yep. And we joked, uh, well, five years, huh? It'll be like two or three years. Right, You'll right. probably be using yeah, it. Yeah, if we redo that survey now, it might be very different answers already. Yeah. I think it's back to Justin's point, it's just it's becoming pervasive. Obviously, I mean, if Intel is seeing this, you know, swell of, of what's happening, even on the LLM side, which you know, we'll see how that all pans itself out. Mm-hmm. It's just there's mm-hmm. a lot of chatter around, yeah, that for sure. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. All right, well, hey, before we wrap up talking a little bit about uh, what Intel's going to be doing with us at Vartex this Ooh, year, yes. how they're continuing to to bring. Uh, cool innovation and ideas to our yes, folks. Yes. Uh, I want to, as always, thank our sponsors of the TechConnect podcast and our TechConnect program, of which Intel is one. So thank mm-hmm. you so much. Thanks for letting us just in the day. We love to have, you know, smart people come on here and talk about this kind of stuff <laughs> with us. You got that right. Uh, if you like our show, we need to hear from you. Um, you know, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, hit the like button for this episode. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you thought. Tell us some you know, insights you might have or maybe some additional stuff you want to hear about that we can, you know, pull Justin back on or find someone else to to chat about with us. Subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on any podcaster of your choice, an audio podcaster only, if there's an option to leave a rating or review, please do that, especially uh, iTunes slash whatever, Apple Podcasts, I guess what it is these days. Yes. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review there. I'll be happy to check those out. And if it's a good review, I'll even maybe read it on air and call you out for it. So <laughs> there you actually, go. okay, if you don't want to be called out for it, if that's why you're not leaving reviews, <laughs> Just make note of that. Just say, nope, I don't want to. I don't want to be talked about on the air about this. Lower one. the anxiety. Then yeah, I have to write. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So just, I'm trying to make this as simple as possible for you to give us some feedback on our show. Uh, and as always, you know, if you want to stay connected with us, a couple things you can do. One, you can always submit topics to us at any time. There's always a link in the show notes mm-hmm. to send a topic submission in for us. If you do that, just for sending a t- an idea in of what you, you want to hear about, get a free shirt. You get a free T-shirt. There you go. It's a simple our Tech Connect podcast T-shirt. Yes. Nice, soft, comfortable. It's a good shirt. Absolutely. Uh, just for submitting an idea to us, you get one of those. And if we use you on the show, we'll, you know, even, you know, maybe reach out and ask, you know, what, what do you want to hear more about this topic? Yeah. Give yeah. us some ideas. Yeah. We'll call you out on the show if you like. Again, we don't have to. If you'd like to remain anonymous, <laughs> that's fine. You know, we're big into that too. So, right. And of course, if you want to stay connected with us and reach out to us at any time, you can find us on X slash Twitter slash whatever we platform. Yet, we I, enter, not yet. Just go to your know. favorite social. I, and maybe I'll, yeah, exactly. I should just start just creating an account everywhere and just there see you what happens. Yeah. You can find us at Tech Pod. You can also email us techconnectedbluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here with our, our VAR value segment first. Yes. Uh, this is where we like to give a little takeaway for our VARs. And in this one, uh, this episode's coming out uh, you know, about a week and a half before mm. VARTEC 2023 kicks off gotcha. in San Antonio, Texas. Yep. Uh, so, you know, actually, I take it back, not even a week and a half. It's going to be like less than a week, I think, before before we're there. So, uh, Justin, I understand you're going to be joining us there. Obviously, Intel's always got a big presence with us, and we, we love having you there. So what should we expect from Intel at the show and beyond for those who aren't attending? Yeah, well, I'll tell you about what I was what I was planning to, to focus on while we're there. But even before I do that, after you ask your listeners to provide the good feedback you'll read on air, I've, I've got this idea that maybe while we're there, we can do like a David Letterman top 10 with all the negative 
comments. Just to make it more interesting. So hopefully, hopefully we can look forward to that. Yeah, really. Um, no, we're we're really excited. Look, the the partnership with Blue Star and the the emphasis we're driving on outcome based selling um, is really what I'm most excited about. And the way we've kind of uh, organized this is we've taken the top industries or, or verticals and the outcomes that we want to help them drive. And those are generally driven by, you know, the value that it drives for them. Um, organizing kind of the, the top use cases and then the capabilities that enable those use cases and the ISV partners that develop applications with those capabilities and working our way back to who are the most important partners we can help scale to solve these business outcomes. And then going back to that, you know, commercial and technical repeatability how do we then go validate those on systems that are available in market? They might even be infrastructure our customers already have on site, uh, which is really exciting because then, you know, the TCO story was already really good. Now the TCO story becomes incredible. And so I, I think uh, continuing down those conversations, identifying more partners, and then collaborating to drive those outcomes for our shared customers is what I'm most excited about. Bingo. And uh, I'll add in there, we're, we're going to start uh, messaging, and you'll see it uh, from Blue Star, things around retail modernization, healthcare modernization, and supply chain. We realize the, you know, those are some certain target areas where, to Justin's point, we've been working collaboratively to come up with solutions, holistic mm -hmm. solutions. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned some of the partners uh, in this uh, podcast. There are many more uh, that we're working with to, to vet uh, and to really come to market with, with solutions that answer the needs around such as retail modernization or healthcare modernization that's happening in the in the space uh, in supply chain as we all know uh, what's happening not just with the AI and robotics but uh, a lot of things that are happening there as well as as these areas become even more modern through digital modernization and and things of that nature so a lot of good stuff happening yeah. uh, and you're gonna start seeing that from from our perspective uh, you know messaging around that that enables our partners to go to market with these types of solutions yep. so good stuff yeah. yeah I mean you're gonna you're gonna keep hearing us continue to talk about things like partner assisted ecosystems yep. these outcome based solutions mm -hmm. edge robotics AI all this kind of stuff where you know we've, we've been talking about it for a few years but we're just gonna keep doing it it's, it's not like again we're not gonna stop it's not going right. anywhere yeah yeah, it's yeah. not going away, and it's obviously <laughs> getting closer and closer, becoming more and more part of our channel. That's right. And hey, I just want to say also, if you're not attending Vartech, that's okay, because Dean and I, like last year, we'll do a recap. We'll do the recap. Yeah, we'll have a recap episode where we talk about some of the highlights you missed, You know, yep. anything we've got on video. We might play some nice video clips, so mm -hmm, you know, stay mm -hmm. tuned for that. If you're not attending Vartech, we'll still give you a little bit of insight of some of the stuff you might have missed, so you don't miss out on some of the, the smart thought leadership going on there. And, and, and I'll just go back once again and say that the stuff we're talking about here, it's it's not wishful thinking science project no, type stuff. No, no, These no, 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 no. Yeah. Real solutions. No science fair here. To, right. to solve real problems with real people. You know, I, I go back to, to Justin's initial example about the, the healthcare situation there mm -hmm. and the idea again of, you know, present, you know, helping out with solutions that are actually potentially going to save lives. And not every solution has to save a life, but also at the same time, if you can't help out in that way mm -hmm. and you, and, and, and we're, we're handing you the opportunities and we're handing you the ecosystem and the partners to get there, you, you might as well. You Why might not? as well get right. involved. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the future. It's, you know, and we appreciate that Intel is is, is a partner that's really helping us get there and helping yeah. our VARs and ISVs For sure. and integrators get there too. Absolutely. So, yep. Looking forward to what you guys bring to VARTEC and beyond. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, let's wrap things up as always with our favorite segment Ooh, of each yes. week. What's tech connecting with you? Yes, sir. This is where we get to ramble about something in the world of science, tech, innovation, business, just something that's got our attention that we feel like talking about today. Yes, sir. Uh, Justin, I know you have a, a fascinating one for this. So tell us what's tech connecting with you right now. 
Yeah, I would say actually what's what's been taking a lot of my mind share is uh, this idea and this challenge that we're working on. We have a, a partner, uh, Aricity, uh, based in Europe, and their CEO, Kevin, every other time I talk to him, probably likes to remind me that there's 86,400 seconds in a day. Why is that important? Well, uh, if you're if you're using video camera technology, like many of our AI solutions, and you're doing 30 frames per second, you got to multiply it by that 86,400. It's about 2.6 million images that that camera is doing some sort of analytics on every day. Yeah, you start talking about like a 10,000 camera deployment. Now you're talking 25 billion images every day. And, you know, especially with with uh, privacy laws, you're trying to, to not have anything that's identifiable to the individual. So you're doing the analytics, but you're creating massive amounts of metadata. And that metadata is being stored in the cloud. And, you know, the ability for generative AI and large language models to help you search more effectively that metadata that's sitting in the cloud with all of that uh, kind of data that's being created at the edge is something that they're working to resolve for many of their end customers. And it's an area I'm just really excited about because um, not only does it drive better outcomes, better experience, um, but it's it's really, I think, something that will become prevalent for all of these edge-based solutions we've been working on. How do we then kind of create a more uh, economical and effective way to search that metadata in the cloud? That's a little under the hood, but man, that's a that's a good one. And and we think about all the information and these massive I tried to visualize just massive mounds of oh, data, yeah. right? Yeah, that's really cool. That's the point. We can't visualize yeah. it. Our, our brains can't keep up with that. So we need the technology I mean, to help us do that How many for billions us. of images in one day? No. It makes me think of this. There's two things this conversation makes me think of. First of all, when you mention how many seconds there are, yeah. you know, what was it, a day or a year or whatever, it makes me think of that that song from Rent, The Seasons of Love, you know, 525,600 <laughs> minutes. You know. So there's that. But it also makes me think of like, when you think of like combing through like, you know, pictures and data, it makes me think of, like old school, like science fiction movies right, and stuff yeah. where, yeah, yeah, you know, they'd, they'd have an image and they want to get closer, like enhance, enhance. And they're kind of like, you know, <laughs> moving in on one smaller, which does not work, or at least would never have worked on the technology. It does if you work for then. the FBI or the yeah. CIA, right? They can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, once you get it, start getting a little too far, it starts to get a little too pixelated. Little that's, pixelated. that's what that reminds me of too. But yeah, you're right, man. There's just, there's so much so much good data that's there. <laughs> and if we can just find smarter and better ways to actually. That's it comb through it crunching and, the data and get yeah. what we need out of it that's i mean it. imagine what that's going to open up yeah. so good stuff yeah. good stuff very good oh, stuff man all right dean what's tech connecting with you hey i know you're a foodie do you uh does any of this sound appealing poison bread sandwich or a mosquito repellent roasted potato um well i mean i i like the idea of like mosquitoes <laughs> not being on my food but but can Justin, go on either one of those appealing to you maybe not uh so here's an i here's they might need some better branding here's a story of ai gone bad here's the headline ai powered meal app serves up recipe for chlorine gas. So a New oh, Zealand about this. supermarket experimented with using AI to generate meal plans as seen in its app, produced some unusual <laughs> dishes, recommending customer recipes for deadly chlorine gas, poison bread sandwiches, and mosquito repellent roasted potatoes. Now, you know, th- so that's a little bit of an issue, right? Uh, but it's, it's kind of funny. It asks users to enter in various ingredients in their homes and it'll auto-generate a meal plan for you, right? right, right. Along with cheer commentary like it initially drew its attention on social media and some unappealing recipes included an oreo vegetable stir fry to is a nice accomplish or accompaniment to it but when customers began experimenting with entering a wider range of household shopping list items 
Uh, yeah, it started to make it look a little less appealing. One recipe was dubbed the aromatic water mix, uh, which w- actually created chlorine gas. So, um, wow, yeah, we don't want to do that. So there's there's your there's your story of AI going bad. <laughs> I don't know, Justin, is that you know we still have faith in AI though, right, brother? It's it's gonna we do. Uh, I I I actually I'm with John. I understand the use case for the mosquito repellent potatoes. I'm not sure I understand what the uh, the outcome desired is from poisonous bread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, this this man. reminds me of there's a there's a TikTok account that I love. Uh, I, I I could not cannot remember her name off the top of my head, but uh, she she always starts everyone off with everybody's so creative, and it's always her like green screening <laughs> over because there's a whole nother subsection of TikTok where people just make bizarre food concoctions. Oh, okay. Where they're gotcha. dumping like French fries and milk and raw meat into yeah. a container together, something right. stirring it up and throwing it in the oven or whatever and <laughs> saying that it's something when it comes out. And she's always just sitting there like making commentary over it as if yeah. like, yeah, sure, this sounds this great. great. Yeah. Throw that meat on the on the table, you know, <laughs> with no lining and no, you know, nothing in between. Sure, why not? Why not? Uh, so that kind of reminds me of that, like just mm-hmm. that bizarre, you know, mm-hmm. type of... Uh, the types of food people try to make that they think is something, and it's really not anything. So, but, but not only that, but even just the, the like the little stuff of like going back to the uh, the poisonous gas thing. There, it, it did have a descriptor: serve chilled and enjoy the refreshing fragrance. <laughs> <laughs> See, AI is just you know. It's, oh, wow, I still have I'm faith. Guessing, well, we got a little work to I'm do. I'm guessing here. that supermarket did not have a an Intel vetted partner to work with. <laughs> On that particular solution. I know it's the pack and save and it's in New Zealand, so it's really (laughs) far away. Yeah. 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 All right. Anyway, what's tech connecting with you? All right. Well, speaking of, um, you know, bad meat and bad food, um, have you ever had food poisoning? Uh, Oh, yes. I'm sure I have in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I know I have. Did not enjoy it. Had salmonella once. Well, I mean, I, never, never hospitalized, but you know, we have all. I actually it. did spend like a night Ooh, or two in hospital. Yes, mine, you've yeah. had. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. don't know if I necessarily needed to, but it was like, well, I'd rather be here doing yes. this with an IV hooked up to yes, me exactly yes. at home retching all night. Yes, so, yes. Uh, okay, so here's a, a great headline that can help out with this potentially. Researchers create packaging tray that warns of contamination before food is unwrapped. This is a great use of technology. Now, as always, we always have our tech connecting links in the show notes. Yes. This one, I'll give a little bit of a trigger warning. If you don't like the like seeing raw meat, okay. there's like a giant splash picture of like raw <laughs> chicken at the top of this article that's... Uh, really? I love chicken, but like I don't like seeing it raw anymore. We're going to be does. fine. We're going to be fine. Anyway, so this is researchers at McMaster University have created a new packaging tray that can signal when salmonella or other dangerous pathogens are present in packages of raw or cooked foods such as chicken. There you go. It says the prototype tray shaped like a shallow boat is lined with a food-safe reagent that allows a built-in sensor to detect and signal the presence of salmonella. The technology can readily be adapted to test for other common foodborne contaminants such as E. coli and listeria. I think this is a cool. great that's, use of technology. It really is. That's yes. a smart idea. I mean, yes. if nothing else, I would think food companies would embrace this because how many, I'm sure it's a, I know in fact, because I've actually done some research and marketing around this, mm-hmm. that it costs a lot of money to do recalls. Oh, yeah. You know, when you, you know, if, if you put out a bad batch oh, of yeah. something, you know, that's yeah. like, even if it's just a small portion of it, uh-uh. you know, the, to recall that and all the stuff Very that's expensive. still potentially Very good expensive. and then yeah. The, yeah. the damage your brand takes because of it. Mm-hmm. I, now, I want to take this to the next level because I recently... <laughs> of course you do. I, of course I do. <laughs> I re, this weekend, I got some burgers out of... The, I had them in the freezer. Uh-huh. I put them, got them from the supermarket right in the freezer. Gotcha. Took them out of the freezer, stuck them in the fridge yep, yep. to thaw. Sure. After a day and a half of being in the fridge, we didn't eat them the next day. We were planning to the following day. Okay. They'd already turned brown. Oh, not good. I want some packaging that's going to give me somehow a heads up that that could happen, mm, maybe? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, hey, yeah. this is... 
this probably isn't going to be good, even even if you take it right out of the freezer and throw it on the on <laughs> little the, flag comes up and says no. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Go to the go to the grocery store. Yeah, this me, is no good. Give me something for that that can yeah. help me with that. I'm sure there. If I'm sure if I dropped it into this packaging, there probably was some kind of pathogens that were yeah. now present there. But yeah. I like this technology. I like yeah, this I do is too. I think that's stuff. I think that's going to be handy. Oh, Justin, yeah. what do you think? I, I love it. I'm uh, I'm a foodie as well, and. Uh, you know, a fairly adventurous eater. And I, I have had food poisoning more times than I can remember. Um, now this technology will help me get out of the forced diet and I'll probably have to exercise more, you know, once a year. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Yeah. There yeah. you go. All right. That's what's tech connecting with us. Justin Christensen from Intel. Thank you so thank much you for sure. joining us today. We appreciate having you on the show. Uh, hey, uh, we do have to unplug today, but uh, until next time, you know, um, check out your meat, smell it, make sure it smells good. If you don't have this dynamic packaging for it yet, give it a good, give it the smell test yeah. before you cook it. Um, you know, maybe comb through some some video feed, enhance, enhance, enhance. Uh, <laughs> as always, folks, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Elo. Hey, we were just talking about Elo and their we were, yes. capabilities, touchscreen touch capabilities. Screen kiosk, yes. Uh, well, self-service has never been easier thanks to Elo Ooh. and their Wallaby Pro kiosk stand. Uh-huh. The Wallaby Pro is changing the industry by making it easier than ever to configure interactive self-service solutions. You can choose from wall, counter, and floor models engineer with configurations to fit any space in retail, restaurants, hospitality, healthcare, and corporate Holy moly. I got it all covered there. Maybe just add a 22, 24, or 27-inch touchscreen display. All right, now you're looking for some more options? Yes, your, of course. Your, your stand here? I need choices. Yes, of course. We all need choices. <laughs> uh, how about a custom-branded backer board? Okay, nice. So look, yes. Something looks slick and neat. For a little advertisement. Your advertising, yes, yes, your branding. branding on it. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, a ceiling pole to minimize footprint. Nice. Yeah, you don't want to yep. clog up space. No, Precious no. space in, our, in every store. <laughs> uh, add a printer. Of course, yes. An ADA keyboard. Yes. Very important. Yes. An assist button. Yes. Um, if, you're, you know, if you're somebody who just needs help all oh, the time, yeah, 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 yeah. press a button to do that. Use Elo's Edge Connect to attach accessories. Oh, and the Wallaby Pro stand offers uh, easy to access concealed housing for a power strip, power bricks, compute devices, cables, whatever you need. They kind of got it all neat. here. Yeah, yes. make it look nice, nice. and neat and slick. Yes. Uh, ready to help your customers design the most customizable self-service solutions? Start with the Wallaby Pro. Contact your Elo representative to learn more. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. Look, change is nothing new for those in warehousing, distribution, fulfillment. You know, stuff is always is constantly true. changing. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Last few years alone, I'm sure a lot has changed. <laughs> you got that right. Industries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the pandemic accelerated a number of trends affecting the supply chain, increasing the need to make warehouse operations as agile, automated, and resilient as possible. In Zebra's new warehousing vision study called Dynamic Markets Demand Warehouse Agility, you'll learn what trends move decision makers to modernize and what warehouse associates consider important in their roles. Nice. Kind of important. Yes. Know what the workers are actually talking about. Right. Uh, among the key insights, 71% of warehouse leaders are accelerating the timelines of their modernization projects. Ooh. And 83% of warehouse workers report increased productivity from working with autonomous robots. See, mm. that's good stuff. Stuff we're talking about mm. all the time. Check out the link in the show notes to request the full study.